This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm April Vokey, and you are listening to Anchored, my chance to speak with some of the most influential people involved in the outdoors today. Join me as I sit down with my guests to learn more about their careers, opinions, history, relationships, and life both indoors and out. Tim O'Neill had big shoes to fill the day that he took over Norvice fly tying vices in 2018. A machinist by trade, he'd already worked with the company's founder, Norm Norlander, for a decade prior to the takeover. An unfortunate illness would ultimately hinder decades of Norm's hard work and passion, deeming Tim the company's new CEO. In this episode of Anchored, Tim and I talk about Norm, the business transition, why Norvice is so unique, and more. This episode of Anchored is brought to you by South Dakota and their incredible hunting opportunities. In South Dakota, hunting is a shared legacy, something everyone can be a part of. That's why they're focused on making their fields a welcome place for everyone. See how at www.huntthegreatestsd.com where you can hear stories from sportsmen and women and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. While you're there, check out public land maps, hunting blogs, and seasonal information for one unforgettable fall. Learn more at huntthegreatestsd.com. Cool. All right. So let's start where we start with everyone. So where were you born and raised? So I was born in um, Delaware and I actually live, well, well, unfortunately, both of my parents have passed away, but I live in the same town that I grew up in and my parents' house, you can walk from my house to my parents' house in about five minutes. So I've oh. spent basically my entire life in, in the state of Delaware. Um, it's a great state. Little itty bitty state. It's about that big. Um, 
you can get from the top of the state to the bottom of the state in a car literally in about an hour and a half. You can travel the whole. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's it's tiny. Yeah, and I, I have friends out west. They're like, I can't get out of my county in an hour and a half, you know. And and yeah. you can travel the whole distance of Delaware in about an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes. Um, but we've got a lot of water around us. Um, th- there's a lot of fishing opportunities. Uh, we can fish twelve months out of the year, so that that kind of helps. Um, believe it or not, um, we we grew up hunting and fishing, so we have some good hunting around Delaware. It's a lot of private land, so that can create a problem. But yeah, it's a, it's a good state. It it really is. And Central PA is maybe two and a half hours from where I am, which is arguably some of the best wild trout fishing in the world. So we're, we're fortunate to, to live where we live. You, you, you don't really think of Delaware as being the hotbed of, of fishing and, and fly fishing and stuff, but it's kind of a little sleeper state that we have a lot of stuff available to us. Right. Okay. So you grew up basically hunting and fishing. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Because today we're going to be talking a lot about Norvice. This is how I met you. Um, and I want to know about the history of Norvice, but I also want to know a little bit about the history with you, because I'll be honest, when when Norvice sold, because um, what year did you take over? Uh, 2018. We, uh, you know, half the time nowadays, you don't know if it's been sold to a large corporation, if it's somebody who fishes, if it's somebody who just got into fishing. So it's it's cool to hear that, you, uh, that you've that you been around for a while. Yeah. I, I actually worked with, uh, with Norm for about, about 10 years before um, we, we – wound up ultimately owning the company. Um, and a lot of people don't realize by trade, I am a machinist. So that's what I do every day. So how Norm and I started working together, I am the one who makes all the parts and pieces for the vice. So I was making parts for Norm since about 2004, five ish. And, um, and then, you know, we, we took over ownership through a course of events, uh, particularly Norm's health in like 2018. But Norm and I worked together for a very, very long time before we were the owner of the company. Okay. So tell me about Norm. Tell me about Norvice and how it all began. Norm, if if um, anybody who, who has ever met Norm, Norm was Santa Claus in in demeanor and appearance. I mean, he he looked like Santa Claus. And that's, he, he was, he was very, very soft-spoken, very extremely knowledgeable, extremely smart. Um, just, you know, the, the, the cool uncle that, that you have, or, or the, the, the old guy that you like to hang around with and phenomenal fly tire, phenomenal fisherman, a very, very good people person. He by trade was a, um, mechanical engineer and he started, the the whole Norvice thing back in the late seventies, and he had an idea to for a better way to tie flies, which centered around spinning the hook shank as opposed to wrapping the thread over the hook or wrapping your body material or your dubbing or or whatever. And it was based off of the old. Um, the spinning wheel, like the, the old, um, that, that, they would make clothes out of the, the, the wooden spinning wheel. And, and that's what he kind of based the, the whole design on. And he had a, a little machine shop 
set up in his house. He had a little lathe and a little milling machine and a, and a little drill press. And, and he would go out there at nights and, and he would have, you know, he, he would work on something and, okay, I want to do this. Let me make this, you know, and through a series of, you know, trial and error and a lot of time in the shop, he, he eventually came out with the, the first prototype, which would be, you know, Norvice number one. And I have a picture of it. I actually saw it when I was out at his place in Washington and it is, it's gigantic. I, I it is huge and, and it's, it's crude and, it's very, very different from the vice that we make today, but the principle is the same of putting the hook shank on center so that you can spin the vice and, and spin the hook on center. So he kind of he kind of refined the um, the design and he started making them one at a time out of his his house. So he would make five and then he would instantly sell five or he would give them away as gifts to his friends and, and things like that. And then he would make five more and he would sell five more. And then it just, it, it started to kind of snowball um, after that. And then it got to the point to where he, he had to start doing production quantities. So instead of five, he may make, you know, 25 or 50 or, you know, a hundred. Now we're may, I, I don't, I won't run apart unless it's, it's a couple of thousand. It's, it's just not worth it to, uh, to set the machines up to do it. Um, so he, he took this idea, took the concept, made it into a prototype, made the prototype into a sellable product. And over the next 25 plus years, just kind of built this thing that we now know as, as Norvice. Um, I start, I came in and started working for him, like I said, around 2004 or so we started making parts. And a few years later, I started repping for him out here on the, um, on the East coast. And a few years after that, um, it's kind of bittersweet. I, I got a, I got a phone call at my office at the machine shop and, um, Norm had, had some, some health problems and they, they were, they were serious health problems. And I got this call and I answered, I knew it was good, you know, caller ID. So I answered it and, and he, he, uh, he was actually in the hospital. He was calling me from the hospital room and he said, I need you. This is Thursday. He said, I need you at my house Monday morning. And I said, okay. So I hopped the flight out to, um, to Washington we sat at his kitchen table. We did the deal over a handshake. And I, over the next couple of days, packed up everything Norvice out of his shop into one of those shipping pods. And then we shipped it from Washington all the way across the country to Delaware. Okay. That's a lot to unpack. Let me <laughs> go back. <laughs> Let me go back to the seventies. Mm-hmm. Who were his major competitors back then? Or I guess I should say, who were the who were the, what were the top selling vices at that time? You know, I don't, I don't really know. Um, in, in the late seventies, I was like, you know, eight years old. So I, I, you know, I, it wasn't my world at that point. Um, obviously the Thompson model a, which is still out today. I don't know if Renzetti or Regal or HMH were in the game at, at that time. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what he was competing against. That That's one of the cool things about our product product is th- there's a ton of great fly tying vices out there, but there's only one that will do what ours 
does, which is spinning the hook on center. There's a lot of vices that you can rotate the hook slowly, 360 degrees, but you can't spin it. And when you get into some of the techniques that we do, particularly the dubbing, the laying down the thread base, uh, making dubbing brushes, which is is really cool, um, you, you just can't do on a, a standard vice. So back in the 70s, I don't really know who his competition was. I don't know if he had any competition. To be honest with you, I don't know if he cared if he had any competition. He just had this idea that he wanted to bring to life that he could share with with other people that that were, you know, in the industry and tied flies. Did it start on a clamp or was it a pedestal? It was a well, it, it was similar to what you have there where we have the two pieces, which is the vice and the thread post. And, and it was, again, it was a very crude design, but it's always been on a, um, a, a pedestal type of, of like the bamboo board that we have now for a while. And I, I have some of them up here. I've got a little Norvice, um, museum up here. He, he would make them in a, in a wood presentation box and then the box would be the base that the vice would mount to. So you could carry it, you know, to your club meeting or wherever you were, when you got there, you'd open it up. The box had two holes in the top and you would, you would attach the vice and the thread post to the box. And then that became your base. So we do have table clamps now. We don't, we don't sell a lot of them. Um, it is an option, but the, the, the base, the, the, the kind of tabletop that we use is, is the best way, in my opinion, to hold the vice. I'm just trying to think of what the word on the street was when I was getting into fly tying, mm -hmm. which would have been around 2000. And I know that the Renzetti was obviously out there and everyone was trying to get me to buy one of those. The Regal was kind of hoity-toity at that time. I'd been tying on an old Walmart looking thing. And I'm, I just can't for the life of me remember hearing about Norvice. I heard about it a few years later and I think it was too pricey for me. I think mm -hmm. that's what it was, but mm -hmm. was there any marketing being done back then? Do you remember, I guess my question is, do you remember, what are we in 2022? Do you remember 20 some odd years ago where the vice was from a marketing stance? Was it, was it out there? It was, he, um, he had a very, very strong following in, in his area of, he, he was in the Pacific Northwest in Washington state. Um, not he, he's, he was in, he, well, he ended up in, in a little town called Kelso, which is not that far from Mount St. Helens. So it, it, it was very, very strong out there. And it was, it was really just a, a word of mouth kind of thing. And, you know, 20 some odd years of him making these things and selling them. He, he did do the show circuit and he did do a, a lot of shows. Um, I, I cannot do the amount of shows that he did every year. Um, so he got it out there that way. Um, Norm w was not what you would call the, the social media, uh, wizard. Uh, so th there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there, there was none of the things that people basically live their life by today. Um, I don't know what his, what his marketing budget was at the time. Um, I, I like to think we have stepped that up considerably since, since we've owned the company, um, you mentioned the price. That is something that, that we get a lot. Our, our vice is it's, it's a premium vice. So it's going to compete with the Renzetti master or the, the regal revolution. We don't have 
say like an entry level Norvice because I can't in order to get the vice to do what it does, I can't strip enough of that stuff out to make it cheaper or more economical, I guess I should say, for an entry level type vice. And to be honest with you, I don't that's not a pond I want to fish in anyway, you know, pardon the pun, but we're we're a premium product. We 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 attract a, a premium audience and that's the the way that I want to keep it, quite honestly. And when you look at the price, yeah, it, it is a little expensive. We have a lifetime warranty on every single Norvice product. So I tell people to look at it as an investment. And we have guys that have been tying on their Norvices for over 30 years and they tie on them every day. And they're like, this thing's as good as the day that I bought it. And if they break something, I'll fix it. It's, you know, I'd rather have a happy customer than worry about, you know, flipping a dime for somebody who broke apart. So. That's kind of our philosophy. Do you have an easy way to travel with them? Is there some we, sort of, is there a small board? We, we have a travel kit that is, uh, it's all die cut foam. So the vice and the thread post and the bobbins all fit down inside a, um, you know, a, a dedicated area. That board that you have goes inside that kit. The light goes inside that kit. And, and it's basically figure a, a little kind of briefcase size thing that, that you can carry your vice, your tools, your light fly tying material and, uh, and everything with you. So it is, it is portable. It's not as easy as picking up, you know, a, a, a pedestal, you know, vice and just putting it in the front seat of your car, but it, it is, it is portable. And we do have a lot of people that travel with theirs all the time. Mm-hmm. So transitioning into being the owner of the company, what was it like? Um, it was, um, it was and is intimidating. Um, I, I, as a, as a person have, have a lot of, of pride in, in what I do. And I have some very big shoes to fill. And, and I know that, and I knew that going in, um, the biggest challenge, uh, we transferred ownership on, it was like the 18th of April of, um, 2018 and the 13th of May, Norm passed away. So I had about one month to get 30 years of knowledge out of his head and I didn't get it all. So for the first year it was, um, it was, it was extremely challenging just finding, you know, obviously there are certain things that we have to purchase that are purchase items for the, for the, um, for the product, be it the boxes or the, the die cut foam or all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I didn't know where to get any of that stuff. So fortunately, um, Norm's son, who, who I, ha- I have a great relationship with even today, we were going through paperwork and I'm on the phone with him and he's out at his dad's house in Washington. And it's like, okay, here's a name, here's a number. And I would, I would call him. And, and I, I felt like an idiot because I'd be like, hi, I'm Tim O'Neill. I'm the new owner of Norvice. What do you make for us? You know, because I, I didn't know who they were or or what they did. So it took about a about a year to uh, to get that all kind of ironed out. And um, then there's the whole other side of the business, the 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 money side of the business and the accountants and the lawyers and, the you know, I just want to like make cool stuff and sell it and tie flies and go fish. But that's not feasible when you are quote unquote, the business owner. Mm -hmm. 
And, and we're to the point, we have a lot of people that help us and we're fortunate to have that. But that, that first year or so it was, um, there were a lot of sleepless nights. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. So now moving forward, how's everything going? It's going great. Um, our, our sales have increased every year since we've owned the company. Um, COVID was, and, and I, I kind of sound like a jerk when I say this, but COVID for our company, it, it was, we, we did very well through COVID. And, you know, when you think about it, having people locked up in their houses, owning a, a fly tying vice company is not a bad thing. So, and, and we started, a, I, we really kind of took off on our social media during COVID. Um, so we kind of took a, a negative situation and turned it into a positive and that kind of gave us a springboard maybe to where we are now. Like I said, our sales have increased every year. Um, we're growing. We're probably growing too fast in my estimation, which is not necessarily a bad problem, but it is a problem. Um, and we, we've introduced several new products, all of which have, have gone over extremely well. Um, they, we were just talking the other day. I still have this... Uh, kind of fear. Like every time I, I come out with a new product, I'm like, is it going to sell or is it going to flop? And I don't like, I never make enough. So we, we unveiled the, the colored bobbins a couple weeks ago. They sold out in five hours. And wow. Yeah. So now it's like, everybody's like, when are you going to have more blue? When are you going to have more of this? When are you going to, well, I'm making them, but you know, from the time I say I need to make these till the time they're finished in the pack and ready to sell is eight weeks on the, the, the fast side. So, oh, so you, you've yeah. missed Christmas, uh, for the colored bobbins, we will miss Christmas. Yeah. Yep. And that kind of stinks, but it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, you learn when you're running a business to, to really look at the positive stuff and, and looking at the positives is not my strong suit. I am, definitely a glass half empty kind of guy. So my favorite saying <laughs> is it's never too early to panic. So, you know, the positives are, Hey, we tried something and it's sold great. And now I know that I have a viable product that I can sell that I can add to the product line. The the downfall is we're going to miss Christmas, but there's next Christmas and the Christmas after that and the Christmas after that. So my other favorite saying is it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, you just got to, you got to take everything in stride. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd love to play uh, a little bit of devil's advocate with you, not a devil's advocate, but I'd love to play consumer with you if that's okay. 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 okay so I'm pretend that I'm getting ready to buy my first ever vice mm -hmm. and I'm looking at my wallet, obviously. Mm -hmm. Why would I go with a Norvice versus maybe a cheap hundred dollar vice, um, in regards to the jaws? Okay. Um, well, why, why would you go with a Norvice? The, the, the first way I would answer that question is we have a 100% lifetime warranty on every single part that we manufacture. So if you buy a Norvice product, if it ever fails for you know workmanship or material or anything like that, we will replace it no questions. 99.9% .9 of the time, even if somebody does something that they shouldn't do with it, I, I'll fix it. I, I mean, it, it does me no good to, to get into an argument with a customer over, you know, you didn't have your, your hook 
in, you know, positions in the jaws properly and then it pulled out and you mushroom your jaw. I'll just replace them. I, I want happy people tying flies. And that's that's a, a, a big part of, of what we've built the company around. Um, um sorry, what do you mean by mush- mushroomed what? You mushroomed well, your if, if you have if you have your jaws clamped on a hook and you're you're you, you don't have them deep enough in the jaw and you're tying with your thread and there's so much pressure on the end of those jaws, the hook can actually pop out of, of the jaws, which people for there's one vice in particular if you on the market if you don't get the the jaws you don't get the hook in the jaws properly it'll pop out well a lot of times if that jaw pops out it will roll one of the edges of the jaw over so it it'll get like a like a like a burr or like it'll look like it's smashed kind of in a way and then they won't hold the hook properly because that edge is is been damaged and and that happens quite a bit and what are they made? What are the jaws made out of? What's made sta- out, does stainless do that? Yeah, it's made out of an alloy stainless steel, and it's hardened to about forty-five or so on the on the hardness scale. Okay. Our jaws, our jaws are not as hard as some of the other jaws on the market. That is done on purpose. Um, that has to do with the material that I use, as well as the way that I want the jaws to hold the hook. And if there is a problem with the jaw, I would much rather it just kind of do this mushroom kind of thing and just damage the edge of the jaw as opposed to having a part chip off and fly and hit somebody in the eye, which I have seen oh. before. And it, that's not a, that's not a cool thing. So that's a I really much good answer. Okay. The jaw than, you know, than have somebody hurt. So that's kind of the way we do. Yeah, that's interesting. That's something I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. What else is there, you know, on, on that road? What other parts of the vice is superior compared to others? And don't be shy. I mean, I gen- I'm an owner of a proud owner of a beautiful green Norvice, and I want to hear all about why yeah. I need to really respect it the way I should. Well, there there's there are a lot of of great vices out on the market, and and we've mentioned a few, and I have no problem, you know, Renzetti. They make a great product. We're friends with the owners of the company. Regal, they make a great product. We're friends with the owner of the company. You know, HMH, Dynaking, they're all great products. They won't do what our vice does. And that's just the bottom line. And the ability to be able to spin the hook on center as opposed to rotating the hook slowly 360 degrees. When you're talking about laying down thread bases when you're talking about dubbing and the way that we dub on the vice, which as soon as you start doing that, you'll be like, this is the best thing in the world. The way that we can reinforce peacock curl, the way that we do composite loops for intruders and things like that. You, you just, you, you simply can't do those on other vices because they don't have that center hook shank on, on rotation. You, you can do some of the stuff, but you can't do it the way that we do it. Um, we don't really, I don't really promote speed in fly tying. It's, it's not a vice that, I mean, we, we get pigeonholed into, oh, you're, you're a production tying vice or, you know, you're this vice or, or, or you're a vice for big flies or you're, well, we're all of that. And we have jaws and, and different setups that we can hold hooks from 24 up to 10 up. We have a tube fly attachment. We have a shank jaw attachment. There is literally no fly out on the market that you can't tie with our system. And that's another thing that I think sets us apart 
from some of the other companies. It is a system. And when you combine the, the spinning of the vice with the auto retracting bobbin, again, which there is nothing like that on the market. There is one other bobbin that auto retracts, um, but the spring will bottom out and you have to uncock it and recock it about every 18 inches of thread. It, it just, it, it won't do what, what ours does. Um, when you get used to it, you, I, in my opinion, you will never go back to a conventional vice. And, and we did a, um, we did a promotion a couple of years ago when, when we were on the show circuit because of the price of the product and and that, you know, hangs people up sometimes. And I, I get it. I mean, we're talking a, a full setup by the time you get done, you know, vice base, Bob and light toolbar, a couple of jaw setups. And this, you, you're, you're well over four figures for, for the setup. And, what's and that's the minimum someone can, can spend? If someone wanted to just get bare basics, what would mm-hmm. that cost them? Uh, the, 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 the black vice with the brass hubs is $395. Um, if you're just starting out, you, you can make your own base. Um, we sell the bamboo board for, I believe, $80. Um, I would definitely recommend getting the vice with the standard jaws, the bamboo board, and one of the auto bobbins. And that's going to put you in at about three, four, about $560. And again, it's that an investment. It's reasonable. It, it mm-hmm. it's it's not sky high, but it, it is it is an investment. I understand not everybody can go drop you know six hundred dollars on a fly tying vice. I get it, but I also get. I mean, everything's expensive. I I, I just paid you know six dollars for a cup of coffee. So at the end of the day, if if you get up and you go to work every day and you're going to spend your money, I would encourage you to spend it on a product that is going to bring you enjoyment. But I also would encourage you to spend it on a product that you know, the company is going to stand behind. So, you know, one of my other sales pitches when you're at the booth, particularly when you're, when you're talking to me, you're talking to the guy who ties on the vice. You're talking to the guy who reps the vice. You're talking to the guy that physically makes the parts and pieces for the vice. And you're talking to the owner of the company. So what other company, what other vice company out there is going to give you that level of service? There really isn't one. Tim, what happens if something happens to you? Uh, I have my, um, we, we have some people that are coming up behind me that I am training that um, hopefully will be able to take this thing and, and, and run with it. Got it. Yes. Cause you've yeah. seen it happen. So you're ready for a backup. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have even in the, in the couple of years that we've owned it, I've got a lot of, you know, knowledge in my head as Norm had a lot of knowledge in his head and, you know, I've got to get somebody else up to speed that can, you know, take this thing and, and run with it. And, and we're working on it. There is a, there's a plan in place. Um, I mean, the reality is I'm 51, so I really hope that I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so hopefully I'll be around for a while, but you know, that, that was one of the things that, um, when we, when we transferred ownership, um, that was one of the things that, that was norms, um, something that he was very concerned about in that this was going to continue. 
And, and, you know, you had mentioned about, you know, people don't know if it was bought by a, a large conglomerate or a big company or something like that. He would not have sold to a, a large conglomerate or a big company. He wanted it to be somebody that had a passion similar to his that he knew. He, he said he, he, he likened it to this is my Ferrari and you're the 16 year old kid that wants to go out and drive it. And he wants to make sure that you're going to be responsible with it. So, and, and I understood that not, not that I'm a 16 year old kid, but I, I understood where, where he was coming from. So um, he wanted to make sure it was going to continue. Um, obviously we want to make sure that it's going to continue. So we have plans in place that will facilitate that. Coming up, Tim and I continue our conversation. Again, thank you to South Dakota for supporting this episode of Anchored. For more than 100 years, pheasant hunting has been a storied South Dakota tradition. Now, for the next century, South Dakota is focused on expanding pheasant hunting's horizons, welcoming more sportswomen to the field, giving them a greater voice in the hunting community. That's a legacy to stand the test of time. Learn more at HuntTheGreatestSD.com. It's it's really you have to tie on it. You you can look at it and and we get that a lot. People look at it and they're like, wow, man, that looks kind of weird. And it does. It looks very, very different than any other vice that's out there on the market. And part of this, I'm going to grab mine because I'm on, I've started putting these up on these episodes up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So some people can see this right now. So let me, let me grab it. It's right here, but keep talking. I can hear you. So we, we put a, um, we, we put a, um, promotion in place a couple of years ago when we were at the shows and if you but we have specials at the show show special number one number two three and four and i forget which special it was but it was basically if you purchase the vice and i tell people to give me an honest three months don't tie on any other vice put all your other vices in the closet and tie on the norvice for three months and three months only. And my statement to that is, if you do that, and if you give me an honest three months, you will never go back to a standard vice. And the promotion that we did was, and there was some paperwork involved, but I said, if you give me, you come to the show, you watch me tie, you buy a a, a vice, you take it home, you give me three months. At the end of three months, if you call me up and say, you know what, I've tried, I, th- this just isn't for me, I'll buy it back from you for what you paid for it. And we did that for one solid year. And I don't know how many vices we sold in that one year. How many do you think that I bought back? I'm scared to ask, but kind of excited at the same time. How many? One. One. We bought, we bought one vice back. And I can tell when when the guy sent it back to me and and I I bought it. I mean, I told him I would. And he said, yeah, it's not for me. When he sent it back to me, I could tell he never put it together and never tied on it. I I know for a fact he didn't put it together. So my guess is he had buyer's remorse and he which is fine, you know, but, you know, of the other, you know, several hundred vices that we sold for the people that I had this conversation with, you know, give me give me an honest three months. Give me 90 days. Don't tie on anything else other than our system. And I can all but guarantee you will never go back to a conventional vice. And we bought the one vice back 
but I probably have 500 emails of this is the greatest thing in the world. And I didn't know we could do this. And this makes this pattern so much easier. And, you know, the bobbin and I love the bobbin and all that. So, yeah, we bought one back, but whatever. I have, you know, hundreds of customers that are now, you know, Norvice converts for lack of a better term. Well, speaking of converts, I have never, well, I've always kind of rolled my eyes at the whole thread hanger. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I can understand it, but I've always rolled my eyes at it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so you're obviously a big believer in it. Tell me why, is, is it just convenience? Is it that it stays out of your way? Does it make you a better tire? Why do you believe in having a thread hanger be such a prominent part of the Norvice? I mean, it makes sense for certain techniques, but it, it does. And where th- this is why I say it, it's an entire system. So the, the, the Bob and cradle, every vice company makes one. And if if you're using a rotary style vice and you're actually using the rotary as part of tying the vice where, where you're, you're, you know, rotating to wrap a body or whatever, you can't have the bobbin hanging underneath of the fly because what will happen is as you're rotating the, the, the vice, the hook will be wrapping bobbin thread up onto the, to the shank of the hook. So you have to get the bobbin out away from the bottom side of the hook and get it in front of the hook so that, so that you're not putting thread loose thread wraps on the hook as you're rotating, you know, wrapping your body or whatever. Here's where the problem comes in. Going on the cradle is not a problem. Every time you come off of the cradle with a standard bobbin, you have to do the the thumb and the forefinger and roll the slack thread up back onto your spool to get the tip of the bobbin tube up to the shank of the hook so you can get into your tying position. And that's why a lot of people, especially, you know, people that are, that tie a lot, don't like the bobbin cradle because depending on the pattern, you may be on and off that cradle, you know, four, five, six times. Well, if you're wrapping 16 inches of, of thread, thumb and forefinger, well, 16, that's a lot of wasted time. Cr- cramping. Right. Yeah. No, I, that's why I didn't like it. I thought it's just not worth the time. Okay. Well now that you have your vice and I did send you a bobbin, right? That's right. Okay. Think, it's all clicking now. Thinking retractable. So our mm. bobbin and, and our bobbins work with any vice on the market for sure. And we have as many people tying with, you know, Norvice bobbins on Regals, Renzetti's peaks and HMHs as I do on the actual Norvice. But our bobbin, you take it and you hang it on the cradle and it's out of the way. You can work on your fly. You can do whatever you need to do. Now, when you get ready to get back into the tying position, there's none of this wrapping it with the thumb and the forefinger. There is a spring clutch in there. So all you have to do is move the bobbin towards the fly and it winds the slack up for you. So literally as fast as you can move your hands back and forth, it winds the slack up and then you're back up into your to your tying position and you can finish your fly. The other thing with with um, with the Norvice, the the thread post, the pin that's in the thread post is set at the same height as the, the hook shank. So when you have your bobbin hanging on the thread post, that thread is level all the way across from, from the hook to the thread post. So when we do the dubbing, the way that we spin dubbing on the thread or the way that we reinforce peacock curl, which is super cool, or the way we re- we can reinforce hackle and things like that, that whole setup with having the, the thread post and having the, the thread level and the auto bobbin and all that, it allows all of that stuff to happen 
and it allows it to happen in an efficient manner. And it's, again, those are things that you just cannot do on a standard vice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all clicking now too, because I do like that. I like that if I've got the, the bobbin coming in, I'm for the, anyone who can't see me right now, I'm, I'm kind of pantomime tying here on my vice that it comes right back into position. It doesn't, I don't have to go up. I don't have to go down. It's yep. just right in line. And, yep. and I appreciate that. I know that a few of our members had suggested that we get on some, um, pre-made dubbing brush mm-hmm. videos and you've kindly offered to do that for us. Yep. How yep. does that to, work on this? Well, we have, uh, a, am I on your to-do list? Yeah, well, <laughs> you can see behind me, that's our recording studio. So we've got lights and, and all kinds of stuff. So I just have to find time to, um, I, I've got to get my son over here because he runs the cameras while I'm tying and you can't do it at the same time. So we have a bunch of different camera angles and things like that, but yeah, we'll do, um, We'll do some some simple uh, dubbing loops that that you can do while you're you know in in conjunction with tying a fly, and then I'll show you how to do dubbing brushes that you can do ahead of time and set them aside and use them for you know various different things. We have a dubbing brush attachment, which is a little table that goes in between the vise and the thread post, so that you can lay your materials on it and um, and make brushes. Um, composite loops like you know the a lot of the uh the intruder flies which you know that's kind of your bread and butter so to speak are so easy on this system it's when you see how we do that you're going to be like oh my god i can't believe that i i haven't done this before and and you can oh, literally oh, i can't wait to watch this you can tie a two-stage intruder in about eight minutes so it's it's cool it's, it's a cool thing. And again, it's something we're very proud of. And it's something that, I, I mean, I sound like a broken record, but you just can't do this on another, another vice or any other system because there's not a system out there that exists that does what ours will do. I know I'll be able to see a lot of this in the videos, mm-hmm. but can you tell me what you mean by loop? I understand. I'm trying to picture the table with the materials spread out. I, th- I think I can get my head wrapped around that, but what can you do differently with the Norvice as far as, I think you said composite loops. Mm-hmm. Um, can you try to explain? I know it's hard to explain. Yeah, this audibly, it's, it's, but. it's hard to explain without it's, it's a visual thing. And that's, that's one of the downfalls of, of the product. We, we, you have to be in front of us and watching us tie on this thing and, and seeing what it can do. But we have, I'll, I'll do my best to explain it. We have a, a table attachment that, that is the, we talked about the string being level or the, or the, the tying thread being level from the hook to the, uh, to the thread post. Well, this, um, table is at the same height. So typically when you're doing a composite loop, you have to lay the stuff on your table down here and, and you do the, the dubbing and it kind of acts like the Velcro that holds everything together. Then you have to pick this whole wad of stuff up, get it in the dubbing loop, get it tight, get it twisted without any of that stuff falling out. And the the guys that can do it that are really good are really good at it. When you're learning, it's a bit of a learning curve. So we can do a dubbing loop with our table attachment and you can, you can do it the same way that you do a regular loop from the, um, on the hook where, where you, you know, you make a loop, wrap it around three times, hang the bobbin on the cradle. You can hang the open loop up one leg of the open loop on top of the table. The other leg hangs down below it. 
then you can lay all your material on the table. You can set your, your loop up the way you want it with your dubbing and your, you know, pheasant or your ostrich or ray or whatever you want. Take the open end of the loop, bring it up over top of the table. So now you have the material in between two threads and you can pinch that, pull the table away, spin the vise, and it will twist that loop up like that. And you don't need a dubbing spinner. You don't need to worry about the stuff falling out of the, the loop down onto the, to the table and you can tease it out and, you know, get it set the way that you want. Then you can take the loop, bring it over to 90 degrees to the shank of the hook, spin the vise, and you can wrap the loop right onto the shank of the hook. And, and it, it literally, it happens in, you know, minutes. So you, I'm just, again, I'm just experimenting and playing with this while I'm talking to you. So it spins, I'm assuming there's ball bearings in there somewhere. There is, there, there's, there's two ball bearings in the, uh, in the head. There's actually on the, what we call the, the vice head, which would be on, on your setup, what's on the left side. There's 16 different parts that, that go into that, that make it do what it does. And they all have to be machined accurately. They all have to fit together accurately. And there is a total clearance in that whole system of about about a thousandth to a thousandth and a half of an inch. Okay. Ooh, I was wondering that. Okay. Okay. So I'll put that into perspective. Terrifying. Yeah. Here you go. (laughs) This is where, where, where the machinist in me comes out. So... If you were to take, if you were to, to, to pluck one of the hairs out of your head, right? So you're holding a human hair in, in your, in your hand. If you were to split that three ways, three, like three equal slices, long ways, each one of those slices is a thousandth of an inch. So in that, all of those parts that are all working together and all there, there's a total of about a thousandth and a half of clearance. And if it doesn't all line up, it won't work. So does that ever happen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. And what would, what would throw it off? Because if your molds are, I'm assu- and I'm not a machinist, clearly. Mm-hmm. But so if your molds are accurate and your machinist is talented, mm-hmm. what could go off so that it wouldn't? Oh, fit? there's a there's a, a whole laundry list of things that can go wrong. The 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 two areas where the bearings are pressed in, if they're not in line with each other, that can create a problem. If the size of the OD, the outer diameter of the bearing is too big. When you push it in, it constricts down too much. That can be a problem. If the ID in the bearing is not to the proper size or the shaft that runs through is not to the proper size, that can create a problem. So some things can be fixed. Some things cannot be fixed. And that's why we hand assemble every single vice that that we sell. And if it doesn't pass the test, when I put it together and spin it, if it doesn't spin, it doesn't get sold and it'll get set aside and it'll get parted out or I can try to fix it. Or, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different things that, uh, that can go wrong. Some are fixable, some are not. So where are these parts made then? At the shop that I manage in Middletown, Delaware. Okay. It's interesting when you said this is the machinist in me, something kind of clicked and I and I just had this realization that there are all of all of these bamboo rod builders now, and with that, there have been a lot more people making reels. Mm-hmm. You know, these custom bespoke reels. Mm-hmm. But 
that's not happening with vices. Is that just because it's less romantic maybe than a beautiful reel? How come all these machinists who are making reels haven't started to migrate into the vice business? I, I think the, the, the romanticism of it is, is something, um, I think it's, it's easy to, to dress up a, uh, a, a, a fly reel and, and personalize it. And, and trust me, I, I'm a, a real junkie as, as much as anybody. I mean, I've got, I had, um, a custom set of four Spaco reels made. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I just, it's, it's, it's a hard market fly tying vices. I, I think it's a hard market to break into, to do something different. And I don't know that at this point there really is anything different that you can do with all of the great offerings that are out there now, you know, our vice as well as, you know, some of the other companies that we talked about. So I don't, I don't know if, if we didn't have Norvice, the fly tying vice business is probably not something I would look to break into at this point, because I don't know if I could do it any different that would say, Hey, buy my vice as opposed to buying, you know, vice company A or vice company B. That's another reason why, I don't make fly reels and I could make fly reels. I, I mean, it's to, to make a basic reel. It's really not that hard, but can I make a reel that is better than an able, a hatch, a Spaco, uh, you know, probably not. Can I make one that is as good? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not saying that because I think that, that that those brands are not good. They are very, very quality brands. I could make a reel that is as good as any reel out there. But why would you, the consumer, buy my product as opposed to buying a product that's been out there for years and years and years and has a track record? And that's kind of maybe what I think the um, why you don't see other people doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, just kind of hit me. All right. Well, is there, is there anything I should be asking about Norvice and the history of the company that I just haven't thought to I ask? Don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, we've we've been around for. I, he he started in like the late seventies. He incorporated in the early nineties. So while we don't have the 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 fanfare of of you know say some of the other companies out there, we, we've been around for a long time. And, you know, we're not, we're not going anywhere and we're going to be here for, you know, a while to service our customers and all that. So, um, I, I, th I think I like to think we're strong. Um, I, I've, I've got a goal that, that we want to reach and, and we're, we're reaching that goal. And I think we may be there now as far as where I want the company positioned in the industry. Um, we've got, we, we've unveiled several new products. The shank jaws were new a couple of years ago. The toolbar was new last year. I, I, there was a time I couldn't make those fast enough. We, we literally, I would make a hundred of them and they would sell and I'd make a hundred and they would sell. So that that's been a good product for us. I have about, about three or four products that are complete 
that are designed that are ready to make that I'm just kind of waiting on some things to shake out to see when we're going to unveil them. We have our limited edition vices that we do every year. This year's limited edition vice is going to be awesome. I can't wait to get these things put together. Um, we're going to unveil that at the Edison show in January. And basically, oh, what I want to know what it is. <laughs> I want to know what it is. <laughs> what what they are? We did last year. We did a. It, it's typically a custom color type of thing. So we did a white vice, and the reason we did that. Most of the colored vices, well, all of the colored vices are anodized. So anodization, which is that's what makes your green vice green. It's aluminum, which is silver. And then it goes through a process that involves electricity. And the silver is then turned green or black or blue or whatever color we want to do. Well, you can't. Wait, anodize. wait, wait. Stop. Sorry. My, my right. ignorance is coming out here. An anodization is. And Electricity? It's not a chemical dip? It is a chemical dip that involves electricity, yes. Oh, interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Go, you're continue. Fine. So, so there are certain, um, certain materials and certain metals that you can't anodize because they won't take to, to the electricity and the chemical dip. So oh, the reason that you don't see white fly tying vices or white reels or anything white in, in the fly fishing world is you cannot anodize white it is not it is physically impossible to anodize the color white so we have a process that um a different process it's called seracote which is a spray on ceramic coating so we could do white which to my knowledge there has never been a white fly tying vice on the market so we did a white vice with black um hardware on it and we called it the Stormtrooper, which was a, a, a play off of the Star Wars movies, so white and black. And we did 10 of them. Uh, we serialized them, one of 10, two of 10, three of 10, four of 10. And we sold them last year. We unveiled them in Virginia, at the Virginia show, and they sold, I think we sold all 10 of them the first day. So this year, we've got a new color combination kind of thing. And, and these things are so cool. I wish I could unveil them right now. And they're, they're done. They're in the box packed, ready to go. And I'm just waiting on the, the proper show to unveil them. And that's something that we're going to continue to do. So how many 10? Uh, well, this year I made 15. I am keeping one of these for myself for sure. Cause I, uh, the, the white ones were cool and, and, and I was going to keep one and then I wound up selling it. So I don't have one of the white ones and we won't do them again. So whatever color we come out with each year, I will never do that color combo again. So every, they're, they're going to be a custom every year. So um, one, I'm keeping one of these for sure. Cause these things are so cool. Um, I've got, I'm going to say 10, but I've got a couple extras because you never know what happens. So, but we're going to start with 10. Do you know what I would love to see? And, and hopefully this isn't throwing anything that you're planning off, but mm -hmm. remember when Hatch did all those really cool engraved mm -hmm. artistry yep. or artist reels? I would love yep. a vice like that. Yeah. There's a lot of things that, that we can do. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> right. 
Would that throw it off? Would that would any of the hollowing throw off no. the spinning or any of the no? And 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 when I design it, if if we were going to do something like that, I would design it in a way that that the 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 vice, the design of the vice, and and the the spinning and all that would still be integral to the design. So I would just design around that. So and these are functional vices. I mean, the the one of the guys he he ties on it all the time and sends me pictures like every two or three days of his white vice with a you know with a fly in it. So they're totally totally functional pieces, but they look different and they're serialized and there won't be another one like it. So it's it's kind of like when we unveiled it it was like uh you you may be too young to remember when the when the cabbage patch kids were big thing and the people were fighting I over, love over, my cabbage okay. patch kids so yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like that everybody's <laughs> fighting to get number 1 we had one guy that specifically wanted number 10 cuz number 10 meant something to him so yeah it's it's a fun thing that we do but it's um it it's cool you know, still the same because you, you get a piece of, of history that will never exist again. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. What about game changers? I know that with all of these articulated flies that there is room for maybe improvement. Have you guys, do you guys have anything that caters to those we sorts do. of flies? Um, and, and one of our uh, pro staffers, uh, Braden Miller, who is a game changer fanatic, that that's all he ties. And he is now 17. We started working with Braden when he was 11, I believe. Oh, and, wow. and he is, I mean, I call him phenom that he, he is, he is just a phenomenal fly tire, but the, um, the shank jaws and that's, that's the one and it, it it's a pointed jaw, but it comes out straight from the, uh, from the front hub. And it was designed to hold, intruder type shanks with with stinger flies on them so it's machined out so that there's notches in the center so it grabs the shank and the shank spins on center um well we also found that they are very very good for tying on the um the shanks the little game changer shanks and if if you go to the youtube page probably every other or every third video is Braden tying a game changer of sorts and he's tying them on the shank jaws. So that's our, our game changer slash intruder type jaw. Um, well, look, we are just approaching an hour. Is there anything that you would like to add? I don't think so. Um, I mean, we've talked about pretty much everything that involves the vice and, and all that. So no, I, th- I think we've covered it pretty good. I don't know why for so long I thought Norvice was a European thing. Yeah, we we have European dealers. We're actually we're actually very strong in the UK. Um, we, we're um, at last check we were in eight different countries as far as dealers that that are carrying our our products. Um, but now it's always been it's always been USA based. I think it was all coming out at the same time as Scandi. Mm-hmm. For me, anyway, when it was all starting to come into into my vision, it was with Scandies and tube flies mm-hmm. and then the Norvice. And I think I just lumped it all into, oh, and you know what? Actually, come to think of it, I was probably ignorantly thinking that Nor was like Norwegian. Oh, and okay. Well, that, I think I was all, I was lumping it all into this big Scandinavian yeah. style of. Well, the, the name comes from, his name was Norm Norlander. So that's where Norvice okay. comes from. Norm Norlander, Norvice. That that's where the name comes from. Norm passed the company into 
into good hands. How's his family doing? He, um, I, I talked to his, to his son, um, fairly regularly. Um, they, 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 his, his son and his grandson that originally his grandson was supposed to be the heir apparent to the, um, to the company. And he was a, Colby was, I believe a sophomore in high school when, when Norm, passed away. And, and there was just, there was no way he was going to be able to, to do this. It's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a full-time job on top of a full-time job running the machine shop. So it's, it's a lot, uh, but no, the, the, the family is, is good. Like I said, Brent, Brent and I are, um, we, we talk on a regular basis. Um, I, I consider him a friend when I do the Albany show, uh, the, the, the Albany fly fishing show, I stay at his house because he's like 10 minutes from the venue. So yeah, it's, um, it's good. It's good. They're all good. And, um, you know, I, I, um, we, we, we've obtained a company and I've obtained some lifelong friends out of it as well. So it's, I, I can't complain. We have some, some very, very big shoes to fill and, and that I, I, I have not lost sight of that. And as I think about that every day. And that concludes this episode of Anchored. Thank you for listening. are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.